of your head? Who taught you to hate the color of your skin? We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me again here on Pull the Pen. Brought to you by What You Expect. That's W-Y-E-X-P-E-C-T dot com. And uh, yes, we are back. All right. After a long summer vacation, I am back. And listen, all right, these, these things happen. All right, these things happen. We're all human after all, right? So sometimes you just got to take a step back and focus on your star player. That's just the way that goes. All right. But anyway, if you haven't heard, I'm back and I'm here for the stretch run. All right. And if 2020 has been any indicator so far, we are in for a hell of a season finale. I all we all know we got the election coming up this November. All right, we know that. Can't escape it. Um, and honestly, that shit can't get here fast enough. I wish that shit was tomorrow, to be honest with you. And in a lot of places, the election's already started, by the way. So if you're listening to me, uh, check out your local rules. See if early voting has started. And if so, get out there now because there's going to be a lot of lines on, on, on November 3rd. Uh, it's going to be madness. I'd imagine a lot of people want to vote this uh, this bastard out. So I advise y'all to get to it early. All right, you got a little bit extra time. You know, head down to your local polling place and and, and knock that shit out. All right. Um, what else we got going on later uh, to, to close out this year? I, I think Bobby Shmurda was supposed to come home, but they actually denied his parole to next year. And I think... I think that I think that little boy already served six years. Like they locked him up when I was in college. You know, so much for prison reform. Um, <laughs> uh, what else we got? Uh, we have every damn sport on TV right now. We got football, baseball, basketball, hockey, cricket, everything. They just throw everything at us at one time. Like Corona, what Corona? You know, um, I, I we we got the Lakers and the Celtics making deep playoff runs. I don't want to jinx nothing. I'm a big Celtics fan, and, uh, you know, that's going to be a hell of a way to, to close out the year, I'm sure. Um, RBG just passed. God rest her soul. And with that, a Supreme Justice spot just opened up, and now we might actually be on the brink of a major civil conflict here in the country, right? Because... Um, almost on cue and as expected the GOP is going full hypocrite and uh, they're, they're, they're going back on, on their word in 2016 when they denied Merrick Garland even a hearing because their claim was that it was an election year and the people deserve to choose the next Supreme Court justice and uh, now that the shoe's on the other foot it looks like they are going for a full-throated power grab as expected so um with all those things um coming to a head right in these last three months of the year 
it would honestly be malpractice if I didn't get on my shit and um, if y'all didn't hear from me regularly. I, I'm also moving out uh, to Secaucus in these next couple of weeks as well, so I'm also going to have a better setup. Uh, so you can expect me to be um, pumping these out. And we're going to be here at what you expect, keeping you in the loop as things uh, are sure to accelerate and complicate, you know, because that's just how Donald Trump thrives. Now, for this episode, I'm going to do things a little different this week because it has been such a long layoff. All right. I'm, I opened up my DMs a couple of weeks ago for some of y'all who, who peeped on Twitter and Facebook. And um, I was asking for people to write into the show. Okay, and I actually got a lot of dope responses initially uh, a few weeks back, and I've been kind of sitting on them because I've just been so busy. Uh, it wasn't my intention. For those who don't know, okay, many of y'all do, but for those who don't know, I am currently trained to be a financial advisor for J.P. Morgan Chase. Uh, it's been extremely demanding as I'm someone who kind of like, even though I went to business school, uh, Wharton School of Business stand up, uh, I kind of I was focused on football and a lot of the things that I wish were second nature at this point are things that I'm really trying to um, dive deep into right now for the first time. So with that being the thing that pays my bills, that's really been where most of my energy has been for the last three weeks. Um, between that and trying to keep up with playoff basketball, I really haven't had time uh, to, to, to get on my columns and get on my podcast. So for those who wrote in, um, and feel like I pump faked <laughs> my apologies. Uh, that was not my intention. I, it just wasn't, but I got them all here. I tried to pull some of the best questions and some, and some of these range from sports to politics, to money advice. And for those who ask me financial advice, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't give it to you. I have FINRA rules and rules are rules. Uh, what I can do is explain general concepts. That everyone can use, uh, give general advice, but I can't tailor it to any specific questions. So I actually change your questions around a little bit to make it more applicable to everybody that will be listening. And I hope you don't mind. All right. Um, aside from that, I didn't change anything else. Uh, I'm going to be reading them at the way that they came in. Now, I'm also going to have a guest this week. Uh, I try to do my best with the booking. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Um, but I'm bringing in a Dallas rapper. Um, now movie director and good friend of mine for over a decade, uh, Russ Williamson of Black Ave Records. All right, he's coming on with me uh, to discuss his upcoming movie, Kane, that's actually dropping this week. I saw the trailer, it looks dope. And honestly, anybody that's trying to put out some art right now, I gotta support, and this is my brother, y'all. And uh, today's actually his birthday. Um, we're filming this on, on a Wednesday. Uh, September 23rd. Oh, someone else's birthday. I know. Gotta reach out to her. But um, a lot of birthdays today. God damn. But uh, yeah, he, he, today's his birthday as well. So I'm going to also be asking him about the next step in his career because he is going to be 27 today. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the Dallas music scene. Now, I haven't actually recorded this yet. So um, I'm hoping he's going to join me later on today. But anyway, uh, like I told you before, I really didn't read or prepare for these questions too much aside from trying to organize and categorize them. And uh, just so y'all know, I will try to do this ever so often to keep y'all and myself engaged. Because whether you believe it or not, it's pretty difficult to, to put together an hour long show by yourself. Right. So 
Um, any help I can get from y'all, if I get some uh, some general feedback that'll help me gauge your interest and what y'all are trying to hear about, that would be dope as well. But uh, let's pull the pit. Alright, I think I'm, I'm gonna pull these up right here. Uh, first, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I think I'm gonna answer the, uh, I'm gonna go through the sports related questions first, because some of these are good. Alright, so, listener writes in, the Celtics are down 0-2, <laughs> your world is crashing down, how does it feel? <laughs> Yo... Y'all dudes are funny. So, like I mentioned to y'all, I am a Celtics fan. I'm probably the biggest Celtics fan that y'all know. Okay? I've been a Celtics fan since 2002. All right? Um, so, I was 10 years old. All right? That's still early enough to not be considered manwagon because it's not like we were good at anything. Before that, I was a Magic fan. Um, you know, Penny Hardaway. Like a lot of kids my age, and then um, T-Mac. And then I just kind of switched over to, to the Celtics. And I'll tell you why. Big part of my big part of my deal and my get down is I am a contrarian, okay? Not so much as far as like, you know, I don't dispute facts or anything, but if it comes to like my favorite teams or things like that, um, I like having some rivalries. And I grew up in Jersey, and if y'all know anything about Jersey in the early 2000s, we had the whole Jason Kidd, Stephon Marbury, Jason Kidd experience going, okay? Um, first was Stephon Marbury, then was Jason Kidd. And uh, everybody was a Nets fan, so I decided to be a Celtics fan. <laughs> we, played, we played the Nets in the playoffs a couple times, and I just like Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker. I, 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 I fuck with them. So, anyway... Yada, 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 2008, God Championship, whatever, okay? Um, we've been great, but a lot of people still love to hate on us. Now, when this listener uh, wrote this question in, we're down 0-2. And, and let me give my opinions about the Celtics-Miami Heat series real quick. Now, the Celtics can obviously blow the doors off the Heat. I don't think the Heat can blow the doors off the Celtics. The Celtics are down 1-2 one, one, at this point because we won the last game. We're playing tonight. We got Gordon Hayward back. I don't want to jinx nothing because we're down, right? But to be honest with you, anybody who would disagree with this is lying. Is lying. The Celtics have looked like a better team. Um, I think the bubble has kind of degenerated into a three-point shooting contest in, in a way, and that has favored some of the younger teams, the teams with more legs, and stuff like that, and I'm not going to stunt. He got some three-point shooters. I think Jay Crowder is a better shooter in the bubble than he is in real life, but I can also say that about Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is shooting the doors off, and he's shooting way better in the bubble, and I think there's something to be said about uh, line of sight and depth perception and all that stuff. I've, I've talked to shooters, and everyone says the same thing. It's easier to shoot 
in a closed gym than an open arena. Period, dot, dot, full stop. So, no, my world isn't crashing down because fact of the matter is the Celtics were picked to finish like eighth or seventh this year, and we're in the conference finals with a super young team. All right. Um, you go back 15, 20, 30 years. All right. You look at all the all the teams that have won championships. Um, the stars that were on those teams, none of them were younger than 27. Okay, not 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 one of them. Not one of them was over was over twenty was under twenty seven. All right, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are twenty three and twenty two. All right, like LeBron was twenty seven when he won his won his first chip. Uh, Shaq. Kobe didn't lead his first team until he was twenty seven. Right, uh, go down the list. Just go down the list, bro. Uh, Jordan, twenty eight. Kawhi Leonard, 28. Steph Curry, 27. Kevin Durant, 27. Might have even been 28. So, 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 like, listen, these these kids got time. This is their second conference champion, conference finals, in their career. Uh, this is Jalen Brown's third. This is Marcus Smart's third. So, with that being said. These guys are ahead of schedule, and same with the Heat. But the Heat are being led by some veterans, like Jimmy Butler's 31, Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic, what a lot of people don't know about him, he had a mini AK in his hand when he was 11 years old. This dude is seeing some things, all right? Conference finals is nothing to this dude, right? And he's honestly been the best player for the Heat. So we playing with house money, and I honestly think that um, unless that Denver knocks off the Lakers, I think the Lakers are probably going to beat each, um, either one of the teams out of the out of the East. I just think LeBron has the Celtics number, and we don't have a matchup for AD. I think we match up a little bit better with the with the Nuggets, um, and so did the Heat. So no, my 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 world is not crashing down. Sorry to to burst your bubble, my dude. But um, next question. What are your thoughts on the bubble so far? Would you judge it as a success? And how has it affected your enjoyment of the playoffs? Well, I, I just touched on this a little bit, so I'm not going to spend too much time um, on this question. But good question. Um, my thoughts on the bubble so far, like I said, is, is degenerated a little bit into a three-point contest up until this last game where the Celtics kind of attacked the, uh, the Heat's zone defense. And, and that's the other thing. I forgot to mention that. The Heat are playing a zone, like grown-ass professional NBA players. They've been relying on the zone for a better part of, of three games. And if the Celtics lose this series, uh, we're, we're going to have to accept the fact that we lost to, to a zone. But the Heat are also going to have to sleep at night knowing that they play with a zone in the NBA playoffs. Like, How does that feel, right? But yeah, anyway. But, but that's just it. They're playing with a zone because everyone's been living and dying with the three. And if you're going to live and die with the three, you might as well just try to disrupt, um, you know, driving lanes and passing lanes. And they're going to get, they're going to hit all their threes or miss all their threes, whether you're there or not. So why not just try to stack the paint and 
make them have to live and die by the three. And that's kind of what they've been trying to do with the Celtics. And we've been settling. We weren't shooting that great. Um, and that's kind of been the theme so far across the Celtics. I mean, across the playoffs, excuse me, <laughs> Freudian slip. So, um, so for that, I think, I think there's just, I think that's just kind of a casualty and it's a trade-off because it's either that or no basketball, right? And they've held this whole thing and it's gone off without a hitch. Like no one's tested positive. Um, Daniel House had that little issue, right? Right. And I'm surprised he was the only, that's the only issue that's happened, right? 300 men and like he's the only one who broke the rules, that's a success. So, um, I think it's a, I think it's been a success, and um, the three point shooting issue hasn't affected my enjoyment too much. But that's because I'm a Celtics fan, and we've been a large beneficiary of it, right? So, there's that. Next question. Who do you have for MVP, Giannis or LeBron? Sorry about this one, because this question came through before they actually announced MVP. Uh, MVP ended up being Giannis. I'm cool with it. If it was LeBron, I would have been cool with it. Right? Um, MVP is a regular season award. That's just what it is. A lot of y'all want to say, oh, Giannis got booted out the playoffs. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. But there is no playoff MVP. If there was one, he wouldn't get it. There's a regular season MVP, and he got that because, I mean, the dude averaged like 32 minutes a game and, like, put up Will Chamberlain numbers. Like, that's just facts. That's just the facts. And his team had the best record. So, I mean, those are the rules. Those are the rules. Unless there's, like, some other type of story going on. Like, I know LeBron led the league in assists, but, like, you know, he had, he had Anthony Davis, you know? So, um, yeah, I'm cool with Giannis. I'm cool with LeBron. Um, I, I believe <laughs> y'all going to call me crazy for this one. Uh, I believe if the season kept going and it ran the course of the season, I think Jason Tatum would have gotten a couple of votes the way that he was playing before the uh, before the shutdown. Uh, we probably would have finished, uh, still would have finished third. I don't think he would have won, obviously, but I think he would have gotten a couple of votes. Uh, maybe would have given Jokic a vote, but I think I might be uh. I might be a little biased towards what I'm seeing right now. So, yeah, I'm cool, Giannis. I'm good with that. Next question. What are you smoking? Dot, 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 dot. Dot, 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 dot. Mad indentations. Luca is better than Tatum. Ha, 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 ha. All right. Y'all having a little fun with this inbox thing. So listen, I ain't smoking anything. Um, the Luca, 
versus Tatum is going to be a great debate. I think that um, they're the two best young players in the league. I believe that they're probably going to play each other in the finals one day if Luka ever learns how to play defense. Because here's the fact of the matter. Now, while you guys are going to gas Luka, and when I say you guys, I really mean the media and then the people who consume the media and don't think for themselves. This isn't me being contrarian, okay? Um, I'll die on this hill. And there's so much empirical evidence to back me up and to shit on y'all that I'll be happy to remind you guys of this year in and year out. Now, before I go any further, just look at the playoffs and look at who's left, okay? And before the Clippers were out, let's just include the Clippers. What do all these teams have in common? Uh, except for the Nuggets, they're a little different. But all these teams have in common, they have two-way wings, elite two-way wings. The Clippers have two of them, and honestly, they choked. All right, but every champion for the last, I don't know, how many years has an elite two-way wing some people want to bring up the warriors uh andre Iguodala got a finals mvp because he was a two-way wing that year right he deed up lebron Kawhi deed up lebron got another finals mvp the most valuable player is a two-way player luka Doncic. one there's a novelty to him because one he's european two he's white Three, um, I think the media just loves slow white players that are good at basketball because it makes them feel like they could do it too, right? When a player's white, you know what they love to do? They love to post like their childhood pictures like, oh, this person just had 30 on LeBron, right? They'll show like a fat picture of, of Nikola Jokic when he was 12 years old. Like y'all love that shit, I, I'm t they love to show you a, a, a an innocent picture of Tyler Hero as if these dudes aren't grown men that can ball, right? There's a novelty to them, right? They The media sees themselves in these um, little athletic or big unathletic uh, white dudes that can shoot. So Luca, not only is he um, every bit worth the hype coming over from Europe. I'm not going to give him that. I'm not going to take that from him. Um, he's pretty refined player. He's he's there. He's a great player. And it's unfortunate that the media is making me not like this dude. But the fact of the matter is he's James Harden, but not as good. He's not that great at three-point three shooting, but the media would have you believe he was, right? He shoots like 33%. He's not good. But every time he makes one, they'll show you the highlight, right? So you'll think he's like a great three-point shooter. He air, he step, he does a whole lot of step backs and air balls, right? Like most coaches would pull you if you stepping back and you airballing. Like stop stepping back, just shoot it. Cool, whatever. I'm not a hooper, but he just reminds me a lot of James Harden before James Harden was like an elite player, right? And we nitpick the shit out of James Harden. Why? Because he's American and he's black and all that stuff. And I'm saying it because y'all won't. But we nitpick our players in a way that we don't nitpick. The, we have a lesser expectation of white excellence. Steve Nash, legendary point guard, played no defense. Won two MVPs, played no defense. Why? Because we don't expect it of him, right? 
We don't expect that of Steve Nash. We don't expect it of Luka Doncic. Okay, but are we going to act like that shit doesn't affect their playoff success? Steve Nash has no championship for a reason. Starting point guard play no defense, bro. Tony Parker was eating him alive. Luka Doncic, seventh seed, averaging a a triple-double. Greatest offense of all time by by statistical measure. You're a seventh seed, lost in the first round. Why? Because the other half of the game is actually a better predictor for success. Okay? Being an elite offense is great. Being an elite defense is actually the predictor for success in the playoffs. Just look at who's left. These are the best defensive teams. Sans the Nuggets. What can I say? The Clippers choke. So, with that being said, I can stand on the hill and say, yo, I think Jason Tatum is a better, is a better all-around player, right? I think Luke is a, be- um, is a better passer, even though Jason Tatum is showing y'all this playoffs that, oh, y'all think I can't pass. No, they don't ask me to do that. But when they do, y'all can see what he can do, right? When they take Kemba out the game with a trap or a boxing one and they give it to Tatum to distribute, Triple-double. All right, when usage goes up, those stats tend to go up, especially in the up-tempo game. So all y'all falling in love with Lucas' stats, I get it. He's an extremely talented player. But how are you guys overlooking his field goal and three-point percentage? How are you, over, how are you overlooking his usage rate? And how are you looking overlooking the wins? Come on, man. What are y'all smoking? What are y'all smoking? Tatum is in his third year. He's been in the conference finals twice. All right. All right. And don't tell me no shit about, oh, Western, Eastern, wherever, all that bullshit. LeBron went over there and ran through y'all. All All right. Now he's playing the Nuggets, and now y'all telling me it was a cakewalk. But before y'all telling me the West was hard. Now, all of a sudden, the East got the Bucks, Raptors, the defending champs. Celtics, Heat, all great teams, all elite teams. Last four teams. Don't tell me the East is is, is easier. Don't do that. So Tatum's Tatum sheet is looking better than 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 Luca's. Luca got the first first uh first team all NBA, but that's a media award. Tatum got third place. I think that's huge considering the fact that Tatum is on a team with three other all-star caliber players, not including Marcus Smart. So I'm sorry, man. Uh, Y'all better hope that the Heat eliminate the Celtics because if Tatum makes it to the finals, I think it's uh, indisputably evident that Tatum is a better basketball player than Luka. Luka is gifted offensively. That's a fact. All right, but defense matters too, last time I checked. All right? All right. Next question. Biggest surprise of the playoffs. Biggest surprise of the playoffs so far, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray has stepped stepped up. He's looking um he's looking amazing. He's looking like a Dwayne Wade. He's looking like 
like Dwayne Wade with a three pointer. Um, he's just been amazing. That's all there is to it. Uh, biggest surprise of the playoffs so far. Next question. You mentioned on one of your posts that Stephen A was right about Steve Nash. Does that mean you agree that Steve Nash, one of the greatest point guards of all time, isn't deserving of skipping the line like Isaiah Thomas, Doc Rivers, or Jason Kidd? Ah, ha, ha. Good question. I know what you're trying to do. I'm not going to let you do it. So it's a good question. Now listen, Steve Nash, yes, he's one of the greatest point guards of all time. Okay, so is Isaiah Thomas, so is Jason Kidd, Doc Rivers, not so much. Each one of those situations are so different, and I'm so glad that you posed a question like this. But I'm also going to put someone else in the mix, too, and Steve Kerr. Now, Stephen A., the context of Stephen A.'s comment about Steve Nash being an example of white privilege is prefaced by what he's been maintaining about Steve Kerr skipping the line, right? And these are people with no coaching experience getting the keys to ready-made championship contenders, and that's the issue. And I'll repeat, these are people with no coaching experience getting the keys the teams expected to win the championship, expected to compete for, for a championship. And that's where it's, it, it, it bristles Stephen A. And that's where it bristles my feathers, man, because it kind of extends to the NFL as well. I can go on and on about how white coaches, but I'll stick to NBA. I'll go on and on about how white coaches, not only the coaches with no experience, but let's talk about the ones that with, with experience, right? Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel's never accomplished shit, all right? He made it to the second round with the Indiana Pacers a bunch of times in the Eastern Conference. Never accomplished shit, didn't accomplish shit with the Magic, and he kind of like backs his way into this Lakers job. Why? Um, because they they lowballed Tyron Lue. They lowballed Tyron Lue, a championship-winning coach. They didn't want to pay him like a championship-winning coach, so they got Frank Vogel. Now, Frank Vogel's about to literally back his way into the into the NF, um, NBA Finals when really any team, any coach could have coached the Lakers to this point. But boom. And he's going to ride that way for another 10 years after this. Steve Kerr took a team, Mark Jackson's team. Granted, he made some changes to it, right? But he got an opportunity. He got an opportunity that most coaches with no experience, don't get. Isaiah Thomas got the opportunity with the Knicks. We know the story about the Knicks. Doc Rivers' first job was with the Magic. Again, a building team, young and unproven superstar and, and Tracy McGrady. Jason Kidd got the job with the Nets, okay? Uh, in his second year with the Nets, he gets the, um, you know, to get the whole big trade, to get Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, the corpses, of Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett at that. And he loses all his draft picks for the next three years. No cap space. Basically got f***ed over by, by an overzealous owner. Right? So he bounces. He goes to the, to the Bucks. You know what he does at the Bucks? He selects, uh, he, he gets Giannis. Okay? He, tell, he develops Giannis into 
the, the, the player that we see now. Giannis actually credits Jason Kidd. Giannis didn't want them to fire Jason Kidd, okay? Jason Kidd is the one who told Giannis, no, 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 no. We want you to be a point guard. We're going to put the ball in your hands. The year after they after uh, they fired Jason Kidd, Giannis takes the, takes the leap, and Coach Bud gets the credit. Coach Bud, who also hasn't done anything, right? All he's done is get his team first um, number one seeds and squand and get swept in, out the playoffs. He's underachieved three times now with the Bucks, and he's coming back next year. You see where I'm going with this? Doc Rivers is probably the only person we can talk about where, you know, the Celtics traded for Kevin Garnett and they didn't dump Doc Rivers. You know why? Because Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett wouldn't let him. They wanted to get a new coach in the paint. They wouldn't let him. Black coaches never get these opportunities, man. Steve Nash is getting this opportunity with the uh, with the Nets, with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. And the media started making up this story about Steve Nash and Kevin Durant being like best of friends or some shit like that. No. It's actually because Steve Nash played with uh, Sean Marks in, in Phoenix. You know, that 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 white folks where, you know, they're buddies and like he texted them like, hey, can I get in on this job? And lo and behold, he's got the keys to the he got the keys to the car. Kyrie, Kevin Durant coming back. The Nets are expected to contend. And Steve Nash with no coaching experience has the keys to to the whip. And Jacques Vaughn, who the players actually wanted them to keep as a coach, is then relegated to assistant. And he'll never get credit if they win the championship. Steve Nash will, even though he's the proven coach on the staff. On the staff. So, Stephen A was right. Um, Steve Nash and of shouldn't be able to cut the line like that, not for a proven, not for a team that's going to contend for a championship. It's, um, it's unfortunate. There's only about four or five black coaches left in the NBA right now. A team that uh, a league that's over ninety percent black, and it and I believe Billy Donovan was just hired yesterday to the Chicago Bulls job. All right, so um, Billy Donovan, who also has never done shit, um, completely failed to build a team around uh, Kevin Durant and build an offense around Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, um, respectively. And then uh, Chris Paul kind of saved his ass this year by just being a fucking beast. So now he parlayed that into another job, just like Scott Brooks parlayed doing nothing with the Thunder, not being able to make any adjustments in the finals into a job with the Wizards. So white privilege is alive and well in the NBA, even though the NBA is, uh, you know, leaning liberal. It's, it's, it's alive and well. It's alive and well, and Stephen A. was right. And uh, I'm sorry, guys. You just can't. You can't deny. It. Even Steve Nash admitted it. Um, he didn't want to f- admit that. He tried to talk out both sides, both sides of his mouth, and say, "Hey, you know, I I don't I'm not sure if it applies here, but I'm I'm cognizant of blah 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 blah." Man, please, please. All right. Mark Jackson still hasn't gotten another job, bro. Steve Kerr, all of a sudden this year, didn't look like such a good coach after all, did it? Hmm? Interesting how that works. All right. 
Now that's it for the sports questions. Let's see how much time I got here. Uh, we had 35 minutes, making good time. I'm gonna try to speed things up. So, politics. What are your thoughts on RBG's death? And does Trump filling another Supreme Court vacancy mean that Trump is going to win now? All right, let's not let's not overreact. My thoughts on RBG's death. Um, definitely sad, unfortunate. We're hoping she could hold on for the election. Um, R.I.P. But it should have never come to this. Uh, Obama wanted her to retire years ago. Uh, she didn't. She refused. She scolded him. Uh, Obama wanted her to retire because she was diagnosed with cancer the first time. Uh, he was in office. He could confirm her replacement and avoid this situation altogether. Uh, she didn't want to do that. She was painstakingly stubborn about um, staying on the bench until the last day that she could, which was actually endearing these last four years, considering that we needed her to do that. But, you know, if she was really about the cause, I think she would have stepped down earlier, kind of like, um, kind of like the the justice that stepped down. Um, I'm blanking on his name. Was a justice that stepped down, Republican justice that stepped down, uh, two years ago. So you know, you got you got you got to look out for the team. And that's the other thing. I think we ascribe a lot of liberal ideals to RBG that may not necessarily stick, right? Like she was a, a big proponent of marriage equality and women's rights. And that's about it. She supported Brett Kavanaugh's um, nomination, right? Um... She spoke out against Colin Kaepernick. Like, I'm not even sure who asked her, but like, she, excuse me, she thought it was stupid, right? So we ascribe a lot of these beliefs to RBG that I'm not sure truly sticks. She didn't have a great relationship with Obama, as you can tell. Uh, and, you know, I feel like she was where she was in the court because of that's where she had to be. Um, she wrote a lot of dissenting opinions because if you understand how the court works, a lot of times that's just where they have, you know, where they have to be kind of like how, uh, the chief justice Roberts has now kind of shifted to the left so he could center the court. So. That's my thought on her death and her legacy, okay? I think it's underwhelming. Um, judging through liberal lenses, I can see, like, her, her, she picked her battles, and I'm just not sure that women's rights and marriage rights as how those things have been kind of termed as liberal causes, but, I mean, like, listen, women... Women are Republicans, too. Gang, okay? there are gay people that are Republicans, too. Some Republicans are even for gay, um, you know, marriage equality now. Um, I just don't, 
I don't see it, bro. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just not, I'm not in the legal space. Someone can, can write me in my inbox and correct me on this, but I just don't see it. And uh, Trump filling another Supreme Court vacancy. So the Republicans jamming this through is, I think, is going to have um, mixed consequences, largely negative. Okay, because now not only do they look like hypocrites, they're going to supercharge the Democratic base. Uh, they're going to look like hypocrites to their base. Um, a lot of, Trump isn't popular. Right. So a lot of people don't want Trump to confirm another another nominee. Thirty seven. Only thirty seven percent of Americans want this seat filled before the election. So what they're doing right now is largely unpopular. And no one wants it to happen. 75% of, of Americans are pro-choice. They want Roe v. Wade to stand. So what they're doing right now, it kind of reminds me of, of the Whig Party in the early 1800s. Like just governing from the minority. Like, like things don't got to be popular. Like, um, and it's sad. It's going to be the end of them. And a lot of these Republicans that are going to vote on this nominee are in tough re-election campaigns. Tom Tillis in North Carolina is in a tough race. Martha McSally in Arizona is in a tough race. Okay, Susan Collins up in Maine is probably going to lose. All right, um, Cory Gardner in Colorado. You know, it's... Dane out, out out in Montana. It's not gonna it's not gonna be pretty. It's not. It's not gonna look good for these guys. It's not. So they want to jam it through. And I, I think the Supreme if they can get this Supreme Court seat filled, I think they're happy with getting voted out on those pretenses, you know? I I really do think that they're cool with it. Like that's worth it to them a lot of them that's why they got involved in politics in the first place but it's so weird like no one even cares about abortion like that it just doesn't so this is just one of those things man they're doing is they're they're governing for the 35 percent, and i just don't see how it succeeds um trump is going to lose by six or seven million votes this november if he wins it's going to be by the thinnest of electoral college margins or he's gonna cheat so um yeah i don't think anything that will actually happen in real life will affect trump winning or losing it just comes down to whether he cheats because this is largely unpopular largely all right How do you feel about Joe Biden? Really? Um, he's good enough. He's good enough. We gotta get Trump out. He's good enough. That's how I feel about him. Good enough. Next question. Not getting ahead, but thoughts on a potential Biden cabinet? I think it would be extremely diverse and talented. Well, yeah, um, I don't want to get ahead of things any either because, uh, you know, election hasn't happened yet. But 
a uh, potential Biden cabinet will, without a doubt, be extremely diverse and talented because that's what the times call for um, as far as diversity. And two, talented because um, the man's old. He's going to be the oldest president if he's elected, and I don't think he's going to be doing much. So we're going to need a lot of talent in there, and anyone they put in there is going to be more talented than who we have now. So, uh, so yeah. It's looking good. It's worth mentioning, though. I got. I talked about this on Twitter. Who would have thought? Uh, the, the one of the most diverse cabinets ever, George W. Bush. George W. Bush. Yeah, he, uh, he always had four people, four black folks in his cabinet. Uh, and he also. Uh, appointed the highest-ranking black folk in Condoleezza, Condoleezza Rice and Colin, and Colin Powell. Who would have thought? All right. <laughs> Next question. What states does Joe Biden absolutely need to win to win the presidency? Ooh, we. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a pollster, but um. The layman's view, if you can call me a layman, I would say Joe Biden absolutely has to win Pennsylvania. That's his home state. He has to win Pennsylvania, um, but he doesn't have to win Pennsylvania. He doesn't have to, right? Um, any combination, any combination of three of these states will win him the presidency. Follow with me. Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Florida. If he wins any three of those, he wins the presidency. All right. Now, if we throw in any three of those or any two of those and then throw in Arizona, he wins the presidency. All right. If he wins Ohio, Arizona, and then any other of those states I mentioned, he wins the presidency. So if you catch my drift, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Florida is where the election is going to be won. All right. Texas is getting closer for comfort. And if Joe Biden wins Texas, call it. <laughs> call it. It's a wrap. All right. That's a wrap. So if you live in any of those states, please vote. It's important. Georgia, all my Atlanta folk, vote. It's important. All right. Next question. <laughs> this one's funny. If everyone is fucked up out here in these streets, why is the stock market going up? All right. Um, the streets and the stock market aren't the same thing. They always make the joke, Main Street versus Wall Street. Yeah, so the stock market is a valuation of companies that are trading publicly. And... Uh, Main Street is like small businesses. You know, those are things actually like kind of, you know, help people live. <laughs> so the stock market is kind of fictional money until you take the money out. And if everyone takes the money out at the same time, the stock market's going to crash. Right? Meanwhile, Main Street is where people work. And if People ain't working. The streets is fucked up. All right. 
I actually woke up this morning. I got in my car in Jersey City. I got in my car, and would you believe it? Some little rascal broke in my car. Now, mind you, I got a spare... I got spare keys in my car at the time because I actually took my car to to the uh, to get it maintained. So I gave them my spare key. So my spare key is actually still in there. Now, if this person was on some real shit, they would have just stolen my car. But no, they rummaged through all my shit and left it on the seats. And I tell you, I would have preferred they just take the car. But at least I could report that. Like... The amount of disrespect I felt this morning that I couldn't report, I had no means of recourse. None. It hurt, man. It hurt. It hurt. But it's just another sign that even in Jersey City, the streets is hurting. Main Street is hurting, and the stock market is going up. And the president doesn't really understand the separation between the stock market and Main Street. But... I'm going to put it like this. I'll put it like this. So during the pandemic, right, millions and millions and millions of people have applied for unemployment thus far. Jeff Bezos has actually gotten richer, right? And it's not like he got a big old Amazon package full of cash delivered to his crib. It's the stock market. Stock market's going up. And a lot of these companies, like Amazon, um, are not only cashing in on the change of our behaviors. No, these other companies are going out of business, and that money got to go somewhere. But a lot of these companies are realizing that they don't need people to make money. Right? Like, they don't need these physical locations anymore. Like they could just have a warehouse somewhere and these robots can get the handle of these packages. So as, as they're firing people or laying people off, that's affecting Main Street, right? But they're shedding money off the books at the same time that they're making more money. So they're just not connected. They're not connected. They're connected, but they're not. They might even be inversely uh, related at a time like this. But on top of that, the stock market's also um, overvalued. So expect it to, well, it started coming down a little bit this week. It dropped dropped a lot on Monday. There's going to be a market correction soon. So, um, yeah, y'all going to see. Shit's about to get real hard in these streets, okay? So save your money. I know the systems are coming out. Save your money. Things are getting hard. Look out. Next question. How we doing on time? We have 50 minutes. All right, cool. I want to do this for an hour, so got a little bit of time. Next question. Why do you hate on Trump so much? Now, now this question came from a bot on Twitter, but I thought it was interesting. So 
Sir. Bot, sir. Hate is short for player hate. And Trump ain't a player. So there's that. Secondly, uh, I see Trump for what he is. He's a fascist. He's a, a dictator wannabe. He's incompetent. And he's an entertainer. And he doesn't belong in government. If he wasn't in government, I wouldn't give two shits about him because he wouldn't affect my life. Right? But 200,000 people have died because of him. So, I hate him. And you should too. Okay. Okay. Next question. Well, there's no question mark, so this isn't a question. Both parties are racist and be on some bullshit. Dot, dot, dot. Change my mind. Nope. I won't do it. Can't change your mind, man. They are both racist and beyond some bullshit. Now, the problem with that sentiment is that there's uh, a little bit of equivocation between the two. And let me let me clarify. So th there's only one party in America that actively um, is actively antagonistic to black people. That's the Republicans. That's not opinion. That is fact. All right. There's only one party in America that actively tries to keep people from voting. Actively. That's the Republicans. That's not an opinion. That is fact. Now, part of the reason why they want to keep people from voting because there is a belief that if more people voted, they would lose. And no, that is not my opinion of their belief. That is stated belief. Donald Trump even said so. So, there's that. However, I wouldn't say that the Democrats are altruistic in their efforts. Because if the Democrats didn't believe that getting more people to vote was in their favor, I'm not so sure they would be a proponent to it either. Right? Right. Like, if they didn't know who black people were going to vote for when they got them registered, I'm not so sure they'd be so ready to get black people registered. Right? Right. So, I just wanted to clarify those things. Like, they're not the same. However, um, for much of American history, they've been working to the same end. And as someone who lives in New Jersey, a blue state, I've experienced racism the same way I experienced racism in Atlanta. In fact, I've actually found that I've experienced more racism in New Jersey than I experienced in Atlanta. So there's that. Not trying to change your mind, probably won't, but that's just the facts of the situation. Next question. After a quick scan, there's no question mark again, so not a question. I think you conveniently skipped over all the black men that Kamala Harris has put in jail in your last podcast. 
It's also convenient for someone who is pro-legalization of marijuana to skip over the fact that Kamala was against weed until like last week. Explain, please. Well, well, first, I don't think Kamala put people, put all those black men in jail during my last podcast, but maybe that's just bad syntax. Anyway. Um, no, I did not conveniently skip over that. I just think it's ridiculous, right, as a black person to blame um, any black person for the black men being incarcerated in this country. Because using that logic, that would mean that if there is a black person in charge, black people should not be going to jail. And that's just impossible, Right. And it's also talking about the reality of uh, Kamala, excuse me, Kamala. See, look at me fucking up her name. Um, Kamala Harris, the Kamala Harris, um, the politician that we see in front of us today is existing in 2020. And to exist as a politician in 2020 is not the same to exist in 2004. And y'all make it seem like it's the same thing. And it's not. It's not. It wasn't. Right. Like her first year in office, um, you know, back in San Francisco as a as a D.A., she tried to, to stop a gang member from being um, sentenced to life to to um, to the death penalty. And the police union almost ran her out the city. Like it was ferocious. And to me, I think that spooked her. And I don't blame her for that. When you're young and you're trying to develop your career and, you know, you think you're about to be a rock star and you try to stand on your beliefs and you get knocked down. Now, y'all can criticize her, um, but I just don't think she can be blamed for black. Like, to tell to tell me that she was throwing black men in jail, like, come on, bro. Come on. That's all, man. And then, yeah, you know, the pro the legalization of marijuana – uh, I think that's probably one of those things, bro, where she probably don't smoke weed. She don't know nobody to smoke weed. So she took a position on that issue that was politically beneficial to her at that time. Right. Like her opposing legalization of marijuana in in uh, in California wasn't going to stop marijuana from being legalized. Her being for it wasn't going to help it get legalized. Those things were in motion anyway. So for her to be a proponent of it would have simply been to her detriment politically because, like I said, the police unions in California are so deep. California has more people that voted for Trump than like 30 of the red states combined. Someone tell Trump that because he thinks California is a blue state. I mean, it's majority blue, but I think y'all forget that outside of LA and San Francisco, it's basically Alabama. So, um, you know, they're like libertarians and like basically Republicans are like weed, right? But the cops, the cops are strong. So, I mean, for that, listen, She's she came around now, I right? And honestly, I've seen that happen in my own household. 
Okay, so maybe I understand a little bit better than most of y'all. But listen, in the last 15 years, I've seen my parents come around on weed, bro. I've seen some people come around on weed that I would have never thought would have came around on weed. And so, you know, Kamala, welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. Glad you can make it. Move over. Make some room for Kamala. Pastor or Jay. All right. Next question. Now, I think we're talk- going into pop culture a little bit. I got a couple of these. Um, have you watched Lo- Lovecraft Country yet? No, I have not. I've heard lots of good things about it. I will get to it soon, and I'll let y'all know. Heard a lot of good things about it. Next question. Odell? Question mark, question mark. <laughs> that's it. That's all. That, that that's all I got. That's that, that that's all I got. Um. Nah, but listen. Uh, I don't kink shame. I ain't gonna kink shame. Uh, I'm not the. Uh, you know, I'm. I, listen. I ain't gonna be out here in this in in these streets coming for what another man like all right that's just not how I, that's just not my get down what i will say is that odell odell fucked up man and where he fucked up was getting freaky or laying out your freakiness to someone that ain't your queen all right right so that's a mistake. Um, something that we've all made, I'm sure. But, you know, just can't let that happen, Odell. Can't. So um, that's all I got. That's all I got. Next question. Now I I think we 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 heading we're heading back into uh we're heading back in the finance a little bit. Uh what is a section five two nine? Uh section five two nine. Um I'm gonna try to keep this easy for you. Section five two nine is basically an account um that you can open for your kids. Okay. It's it's uh it's it's supposed to fund education. Now the benefit of a section 529 is that when you open the 529, it locks in the uh, the tuition cost at the time of opening, right? And with inflation of tuition costs, that's a big one. Now, the only, the only trick about it is while it's a tax-free account, meaning that it accrues interest tax-free and remains tax-free if you use it for education, you're locked in to the public schools or the no, nah, not public schools, just the schools um, that receive public funding um, in the state that you open it. So if I was a Notre Dame alum and I had kids and I felt like my kids were going to probably go to Notre Dame and I Notre Dame is expensive and I wanted to lock in the price in case they weren't geniuses and they didn't get scholarships. Um, 
I could open a Section 529 in the state of Indiana, and as long as my kids go to school in Indiana, it remains tax-free. Now, if it turns out that your kids actually want to go to Duke or they actually want to go to Howard, you could still use that money, but Indiana's going to get their piece, the federal government's going to get their piece, and the state where you're going to school is going to get their piece. All right? So that's a Section 529. Now, it's beneficial overall just to save money for college, but it'll be extra beneficial if you have a feeling that your kids are going to go to, say, Rutgers because everyone in your family has gone to Rutgers and you're not moving anywhere. Um, it's just the smart move. It's a smart play. All right. And uh, you can actually open it up. Um, you can find information on your state website about opening up a Section 529 or you can go to your local bank. And they can give you all the information to open one up. But it's worth mentioning because this is a state account, you'll save money by opening it up directly with the state and not with the bank. Okay? Okay. Next question. Last question. I want to get involved in the stock market. What should I do? Should I buy a stock? And if so, what are good stocks to buy? Hmm. Now, I included this because this is a great example of a question I cannot really answer. But what I can tell you is, if you want to get involved in the stock market, you should save. All right? You should save money. Uh, you should save money because when you get involved in the stock market, you're putting money that you don't mind losing. Right? Because any company can go bankrupt tomorrow and you get nothing. So... I recommend to all all my folks out there, right? Um, get keep involved in what's going on in the stock market. Um, it's not beneficial to buy one stock at a time. It's just not. You're not gonna make your money. You're not gonna make money off of it. Um, you know, you're you're, you're 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 gonna be impatient. Your money's not gonna grow. You know, save your money until you have like five, ten racks. Okay. If you're like a day trader, okay, you can start with a thousand, but day trading is hard. So I'd recommend the people start saving up, get an Acorns account, start saving up, start saving up, start saving up, start an IRA, start contributing to it. Um, I tell you to open up a retirement account before you start buying stocks, okay? Because that is what's going to help secure your future. Buying one, buying one or two stocks. Um, you hear about a company getting bought by another company and buying the stock. That shit's not going to get you no money, man. And you're better off using that shit to put some food on your table, right? Uh, if you got two racks, don't take $500 and buy a stock, you idiot. Put it in your savings account. Start saving up. Save for a rainy day, okay? Um, stocks is cool, but that's not how you build wealth. How you build wealth? Saving. Saving, 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 saving. I'm going to say it again. Save. Save. God damn it. You know what time it is. Yeah, you. It is time for How to Not Be Racist with your host, Kevin. So take notes and listen closely, and maybe, just maybe, he can help keep a foot out of your ass next time.
Don't get fucked up out here in these streets, my guy. Peace. All right. Now, this week, I am debuting a brand new segment called How Not to Be Racist with Kev, okay? And this is going to be a good one for y'all and all my white listeners because I'm trying to I'm trying to help y'all be great, okay? I'm trying to help y'all stop being racist out here in these streets. And I know from this past June that a lot of y'all are looking for anything, for any any help, any direction, any assistance that y'all can get on how to not be racist. And I'm here for you, okay? Now, I got some really good info for all y'all, and I think y'all gonna find it real valuable. I know each and every one of you, at one point or another, uh, wanted to make a joke about black folk, and, um, you know, like how black folk make jokes about white folk. But you're worried that your joke might sound a little bit racist. And that's cool, baby. That's why I'm here. I'm here to explain why that might be the case. Now, when people, when black people joke about white people, it rarely comes off racist. And it's typically funny uh, because it's rooted a little bit in reality. Uh, why is that? It's because we know y'all. America's white. White folk are everywhere and to exist in the society is to coexist with white people. So when we make a joke about white people and y'all behavior, we all can't help but laugh together. All right. And honestly, there's nothing more beautiful than make cracking a joke by, by white behavior with your white friends and y'all all have a good laugh. Now, on the other hand, it always seems like the people who are trying to make jokes about black people don't actually kick it with any black people. So what you joking about, bro? What you joking about? What you seen on TV? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that that's how you get caught up. That's how you get caught up. That's how you get caught up. You give you give some of these white people one chance to crack a joke and it's a hot second before they start talking about some chicken and watermelon. And like Dave Chappelle's once said, "Where are all the people who don't like chicken and watermelon anyway right so that's kind of one of the contingencies of making a good joke about another race you got to know them you got to kick it with them you got to experience them you got to know what they be like yeah you got to have friends of that race not a friend friends got been around they folk been in the cookout been around their family members See how they joke about black people behavior, right? And then you can probably make a joke from the proper context that won't result in a chair flying towards your head. And that's what I'm here for, baby. I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep you, I'm trying to keep you upright. All right. I'm trying to keep you upright. So my white listeners, if you take anything from this segment, I want y'all to know that more times than not, if you don't kick it with black folk like that, you should probably just keep your joke to yourself. Probably just keep your joke to yourself. All right? Cool. <laughs> Thank you.
Yeah, and you don't mind if I smoke, right? <laughs> nah, bro, I don't mind if you okay, smoke, man. bro. I wish okay, I was okay. I wish I was smoking with you, man. You got the man, I wish you were too, bro. And you got the up. official lighter and everything, bro. Oh listen, yeah. Listen, man, I appreciate you taking a little time on your birthday, hitting the birthday blunt. On the on the podcast, I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate. Yes, sir. You. Countdown is on, man. I got a yeah. few more hours. Big yes, sir. Tomorrow, big. Oh, your birthday's tomorrow. Oh, I right, bet. Oh, yeah, bet, tomorrow, bet, tomorrow. Bet, yeah. bet, 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 bet. All right, cool, cool, cool. Well, anyway, happy birthday ahead of time, and and thanks for joining. Appreciate you. I, I um, I've been kind of pump faking for a little bit. Um, this that's kind of the theme of this whole episode because it's been a month since I put up a new episode, so I've been pump faking a lot over the last month, but. Um, we are, um, how many, how many days to, to the movie drop? Man, we are actually just a few hours away, bro. We've we are a few hours tonight. away. We <laughs> are a few hours away from the premiere of Kane, man. And listen, bro, right. I'm really proud of you. I already, I did an intro um, earlier on the podcast already, but I should formally introduce, introduce you. This is, uh, a good friend of mine, Russ. Russ Williamson, he uh he grew up in Jersey, but they moved him down south, and he's been doing this thing ever since. And uh, he's been on he's been on the Dallas music scene for a little bit. You know, he's uh you guys can find some of his uh some of his videos. I'm gonna let him plug it himself. But uh, I I really wanted to get him on because I saw I saw this trailer a couple weeks back, and I was like, yo, my dude coming out with a vi- with a movie. The first thing I did was share it. And I was like, yo, man, I got to get you on the podcast to talk a little bit about it. So I'm glad we got to, we're getting to do this and um, no less on the day that it dropped. So give, give us a little synopsis. Um, you don't got to spill the beans or nothing, but what inspired you um, to, to start this project and what is it about? Right, right. Um, so well, first off, I, well, of course, I'm going to say, man, I most definitely appreciate you having me on. And uh, supporting the whole movement and everything. It, Black it feels, of course, it feels good getting support out here in the DTX area. But when, <laughs> like, I get it back home, bro, it, it's, it's totally different, bro. It's a, it's, I love it. Um, but sure. it, anyways, bro, so Kane, um, it was a concept I came out with last summer. I didn't really know what I wanted to do 100% with the story when I first came out with uh, Kane. But by the time a lot of people listen to this, the movie will already be out. So not a lot of people know. I won't even say not a lot of people. I don't think anybody really knows yet. But Cain is actually a uh, biblical reference to Cain in the Bible. Yeah, Cain and Abel. Right, right. So I don't want to give too much with that because, you know, people that have read that story, they know, like, you know, what he did. So, um... I kind of wanted to give like a uh, 2020 spin uh, on that on that story a little bit, but it's nothing like that story. So Kane, he has a prescription pill issue. It's a group of four friends. The main character is Kane. My, my character, he has a gambling problem, but he's not really like a street nigga, nothing like that. He ain't doing nothing too crazy. He's just gambling his money, you know, high risk gambling. Yeah, um, we all know a couple of those folks. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, exactly. Um, and then uh, the other two people, they pretty much on more on the on the high road. One of them, he's about to go to school, and the other friend, he's kind of on the fence, but he's trying to help the other friends out. Like, hey man, come with us, let's do something good. Yeah, and that's what the you know that's the direction I'm finna go. I'm trying to save y'all, 
and then the main person that's talking about the school thing, he like, hey man, separate yourself. Like, yeah, let that go, bro. Let's go to. So it's a, it's a, it's a. It takes place in one day. It's a Friday to Friday night, and the main character Kane, he just, he just, he go berserk one night, bro. Oh just, really? So it's a story. It's a story of one dude that just he he, he loses it, bro, and. It, it it has a lot of messages if you listening about one so one like the opiate opioid epidemic with prescription pills and the yeah. thing, you know these are these are man-made drugs you know what i'm saying it's not like smoking tree bro you don't know what exactly you put in, in your body when you buying this shit off the street you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah for sure for sure and that's really hitting, that's that hits hard out in texas right right oh most definitely yeah. most definitely yeah so that was one of the things that kind of led me to putting that as one of the things for this film it teaches you, well, I won't say teaches you, but it uh, it has messages about fake friends and shit. Yeah. Cause you know, my character, he like, okay, he friends with the main character, but why he, like I said, I don't wanna, I don't wanna give out the movie, but you, you know, yeah. this question you'll ask yourself like, all right, they friends, but why, okay, he little, all right. Nah, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. You forgot. You don't gotta say, say less. Say less. Nah, I feel but, you. But it's 16 minutes, bro. So nothing real long, man. It just takes place in a day. Um. And yeah, that's really it, bro. I'm, is this your acting debut? It uh, it is. It is. Oh it is. snap! So, so yeah, I, my, who who's who's coaching y'all? Like, is this just y'all just woke up and was like, yo, we about to do this? We about to be actors? So funny thing is, bro, I wrote and directed this whole thing. So even though I acted, bro, I I'm still directing the scenes. I'm still telling everybody what to do. What you know? What we need to put these lines here. Props, wardrobe. Oh, I'm I'm literally running all that stuff, and then that's crazy. I take the moment where okay, the scene's created. All right, babe, all right. let me do my part. <laughs> let me do my part. Plug it in, and then let let's keep it going. And um, man, big big respect to Speedy. He was the one that shot everything, so he's like the producer of this okay. and edited everything for me. But yeah, he did a phenomenal job. Is, with, is that like, the dude that 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 works on your music videos with you? Cause I know some. Nah. Your, your music videos kind of have kind of a little bit of the cinematic um, effect. Like you've been playing around with some of these, some of these things for a little bit, I feel like, you know? I, 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 got I have, watching and your that's video. cool that you saw that. Yeah, that's, bro. That, that's cool that you picked that up, real talk, because I have, and for the people that have been like, been following me on Facebook kind of since I started the music thing, I told people back in 2017 that I probably was gonna dabble in film. I didn't know when, but yeah, I, I, I said that a couple years back and I got into a film project with some people out in Dallas and then they had an issue with the production or some shit like that where they canceled the whole project after we put in hours and hours and hours of work. So I was like, man, fuck that, bro. I'm just going, I'm, I'm doing my own shit. I'm, I'm, I got to bring this to life somehow, bro. Like. Real talk. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, that, that, that's for real. How long did it take you guys to, to get this done? Was this pre pandemic? Or y'all got this done in the midst of all the madness? So we actually, believe it or not, bro, we we uh, we we tried to be as safe as possible. We did it in the midst of the madness, bro. Yeah, that's um, why Texas is such so crazy. Y'all don't respect, shit, bro. Yeah, but 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 here's the here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. So, besides some of the scenes, you're gonna be like, there's no way we they could have social distance for this and whatnot, but. When I tell you we were as safe as possible with the shooting from mask, mask off to sanitation to if you feeling sick, don't show up. If you have a temperature, <laughs> don't show up. Don't, don't, like, if you even have a cough, you got allergies, don't show up. Like, 
Um, and we've been monitoring each other for two weeks, two to three weeks prior before we shot. And How long we was pretty much like, it was two days, bro. It was two days. Oh, that's just, not bad. Yeah, just took not a bad. weekend. And, that, and that's bro, another bro. reason. That was another reason why we went ahead and got it knocked out. I was like, we're gonna be together a short period of time. I think we'll be okay. But if something happens, somebody catch. Uh, so speaking of that, I actually know which they weren't involved with the shoot at all. So it's not like a worry or anything. I know a personal friend that had COVID, COVID positive, um, no symptoms. He said he uh, he felt funny a couple of days or whatnot, and then he was negative a few days after that. Yeah, um, we've all had some close calls, bro. Te- te- Texas has been really weird with it, bro. I'm gonna be honest with you, like, like. So this wasn't big news for us, but it is big news. Parkland hospitals, one of the biggest hospitals in Dallas, bro. They closed their COVID unit not too long ago, and not because of bad shit, because they got so low hospital, like so low numbers in hospital, excuse me, hospitalizations for it now that they just closed the whole unit down. They don't okay. need it. So that's good so, news. But, Right, exactly, but they don't talk about that on Fox and and all this other bullshit. Uh, I mean, they don't really they don't really talk here. about Texas like that anymore. Like y'all had your little moment in the sun when y'all was fucking up, and then um, oh hell yeah, bro, it was yeah. really bad out here, bro. And really, in South really Texas, bad. in South Texas, it's still a problem. In South Texas, it's still right. a problem for real, for real. Yeah, man. So what? So so what's next? Is this uh, you about to be an actor, or we still you still working on some drops? What's what's going oh, on? Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely still with the music shit, man. Black Hat Records is full go. This was just me finally. Pick up your merch. Get your merch. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, definitely. Hey, yeah, you plug get, your stuff, you man. Can, hey man, stuff. you can still you can still get K t-shirts. I don't know if people can see that. I'm wearing it right now. Where yo, I that's, need one of those. That's that's a fire t-shirt. I need one I of those. I appreciate that. Yo, I'm a in fact send me that artwork because that's gonna be on the uh that's gonna be on the podcast cover. I'm gonna get that on there. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna so, yeah. DM you everything, and I'll yeah, DM you the, uh, the shirts or whatnot. Yeah, that's some good. Pick one of some, those up. That's some dope artwork for sure. For sure, you working? I appreciate on that? that, bro. Yeah, no, nah, no doubt. Uh, you working on any? Um, you working on any music projects right now? So I am. So so like I said, Black Hat Records is a full go. I got an artist. His name is uh, DK. He's working on an album right now. Um, I did a little work on uh, two songs of his because it's his album. So I don't really want to do like a full fledged feature. I wanted him to just have full floor, but you know, it's kind of when people hear it, it just kind of me like, okay, Russ is kind of getting back into this, I guess. Yeah. So my plan and don't quote me on it is I'm probably going to drop like a short, short project, like four, three, yeah, three, four song EP by December. Depending okay. on how everything goes. Yeah. Um, I just kind of want to let people marinate on Kane for a little bit. And, um, got to. You can't, don't step on your own shine. Right, right. So, yeah. yeah. And then plus I got film festivals coming up, bro, that I'm about to punch Kane in. So. Where um, is um, Austin City Limits? That's his music? Um, Austin, is Austin that, City. that like a festival? Yeah, it's a festival usually in October. I know South oh, by Southwest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A- yes, ACL, yes. I don't know. I don't know why I didn't. I could. Nah, it's, it's music, bro. Yeah, oh, I remember just music. my sister. Okay. That's where she fell in love with uh Travis Scott. Yeah, bro. ACL. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've been to South by Southwest. I know they do movies and shit there. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't South know by how... Southwest is, is the shit, bro. For real. Yeah, for real. For real. No, a lot of people, a lot of people out here don't know about the uh, about the Dallas, the Dallas music scene. Um, I think we kind of 
Jersey people might have gotten a little glimpse of that with um what's his face? Tay K. Yeah, Tay K, man. Oh, he ran man. he ran his way up to Jersey for a little bit before he got plucked. Uh you know, you know, you know, you know Tay K a little bit, right? The crazy thing is, uh, I don't know him, but I know his a lot of his groups of, of friends and the outsiders. I know I know the nigga that um went to UNT and and uh so TK was in the car when he shot this girl in the face. That dude, that accident. dude from the military, right? I, yeah, bro. Yo, that's just so, so crazy. That that nigga is super local, like yo. down the street type shit. Like I I didn't know him either, but I knew of him. I was like, so when I read the story, I was like, whoa. And then this this nigga just start blowing up. And then Pimpy's nigga that got thirty five years of light skin. A lot of okay. his for like, yeah. So I I know a lot of these different groups of people and um. A lot of them was believing Tay K was gonna get out because they couldn't they couldn't like pin him as the trigger man, but the fact that they caught a body, yeah, exactly. he caught another body. The problem is he caught another body on the run. Right, right. Yeah, uh -huh. so that was it. That yeah, was it yeah. for him. He gone. He, he yeah. gone for life, right? Um. Well, yeah. They gave him forty seven on the first case, and he, oh, what what man. is he twenty now? Yeah, right? I don't know. You young, he and young they, dude, man. Yeah, yeah, and they didn't, they haven't even sent us him on the other case. So imagine that's crazy. What, yeah, yeah, bro, that's crazy, man. That's a damn shame. I mean, before, before I let you go, because this is a mega pod. Like I already had like a, like a seventy minutes before you even came on. Um, yeah, yeah. What is? I wanted to get your opinion on this. What is one thing about about the Dallas music scene that you feel like y'all are disrespected or underrepresented about? on the national scene? Like, if there's one thing you can put out there, like, what don't we know about how y'all doing it out there? Aside from the um, obvious that y'all come up with all the dances and get no credit. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to say, if we if we talking, if we talking mid, late 2000s, like when I moved back from Jersey, they was definitely killing the dance, dance moves and shit like that, different, the, the whole dance scene, yeah, that shit was crazy. From uh, what ice cream paint job to all the other shit. Yeah, but, um, Dougie. But uh, yeah, so that question, bro. Um, I can't, I, I can't really say we're o we're overlooked because I feel like Dallas is definitely on its way up. I feel like what's holding us back is all the ego out here and <laughs> all the and all the biting, bro. Yeah, all the biting. A lot of these is just talking about the same, shit, the same. Shit. I don't know if you follow uh, like Say Cheese TV, for example. Like a lot of these niggas out here, like I'm not saying their music's not hot or they, they ain't doing what they're doing well, but a lot of this content is just the same. It's the same shit. Like I saw a blogger out here in Texas come out with a challenge for Fort Worth saying, I, I challenge any of y'all rappers to come out with a music video with no guns, <laughs> no guns in it. And for, I don't think Fort Worth, I'm not even trying to be funny, no disrespect to Fort Worth. But I don't even think they could do that, bro. It's I mean, that's, they love, that's they Texas, love it out there. That's exactly. Texas, though. Texas love their guns, man. That's Texas for you. Yeah, 100%. Or, that's, or bro. at least that's North Texas. That's how North right. Texas get down. Houston can get in the video with no guns, too. But they're going to have cars, and they're going right. to have people with some cups, some double cups. That's them. Right, bro. Yeah, everybody got their thing. Y'all got your guns. I just think it's it's to a point where it's just uncreative now. Bro. Yeah, it's like, we're sick you, of yeah. seeing it. We're sick of seeing it. And then like, so I got a videographer on my squad and she's, this is a concern for her when she shoots these type of videos, 
You got some of these niggas that will bring loaded guns to these shoots and forget shoot. that they're loaded. Oh, shit. And, and, oh, yeah, and you have accidents and stuff like that happen. Like, I just think it's just all stupid. It's like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like, all right, bro, we've seen 500 videos of this. We get it. You got <laughs> that. You got that. Nine times out of ten, you don't even use that shit, bro. Everybody's strapped. Right. You know, so. Exactly. It's a regular thing. So, Gosh. Uh, I'm so, having fun with it, man. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Uh, last thing before I let you go, bro. Where where can Sorry. we find Kane tonight? Okay, so all you gotta do is go to YouTube, and it's uh even all caps or lowercase black abs. So B L K A V E, the word global, and that's it. Just look that up. It'll be right up at the top. Um, you could actually go uh on there right now and the premiere is already up there and they'll give you an option to set a reminder if you want to do that got you got you so black Ave global black Ave space Go global on youtube will get you to the will get you to the video i'm also going to include the link in my apple podcast as well so y'all can click on that and y'all can get a get a direct link all right um russ hey man i appreciate you my brother Hey, I appreciate you, man. Real talk. Yeah, man. We go way back. For y'all who don't know, um, yes. when Russ moved to South Orange, they called me to the <laughs> office to come and uh, tour, this, tour this nigga around the, the middle school. So that's how far we go back. So That was a lit day, too. That was a lit, it was a lit day, bro. <laughs> it was a lit day. And, like, we two light-skinned dudes. So everybody was cracking jokes, like, oh, like, y'all look like brothers and shit. So, um, nah, man, it's all love, bro. Always, man. I'm, I'm Always, gonna support, bro. I'm going to support. You know, you know I'm going to watch you, bro. Um, thanks for joining. Take care, bro. Hey, you too, bro. Appreciate all you. Right. All right, all right, all right. That was Russ Williamson, my boy, from Black Ave Records. Uh, they're dropping a the movie. Definitely check it out. It's called Kane. Available on YouTube right now. Search Black Ave Global on YouTube. You can also find the link in the description on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Special shout out to all those that wrote in this week. Man, listen, this was a great show and y'all carried it. So I really appreciate y'all. Um, special shout out to my homies, all the ladies and gents at What You Expect. That's W-Y-E-X-P-E-C-T.com. We got all the latest news in the culture. That's pop culture. That's politics. That's sports. We got it all. We trying, we trying to create a black complex. Okay? We black owned. We try to do this every week for y'all. Make sure y'all vote this November. Vote as if your life depends on it. Because it just might. Peace.